0: What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Monday recap. Uh we're here live in the Eagle studio. Alex Miller from the Eagle, joined by Travis Brown, the Eagles AM
1: Sports Reporter. What's up, Travis? It's football season, man. Dude, it's here. I went out and looked and like there's actually glass on those South End Stadium suites. Yeah. Uh there's still some work to be done, but it looks like that maybe those things will be a uh, good and ready to go by Saturday. It's Saturday.
0: Well, hey, it's Monday, and we don't have to wait to Saturday to find out who A&M's starting quarterback is. That's because Jimbo Fisher officially said Connor Wegman will be the Aggies' QB1 against New Mexico this weekend. If if people had been following along, they probably shouldn't be too surprised. That's kind of what we thought was going to happen, but Jimbo made it official today.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that from everything that Connor Wegman was able to do at the end of the season last year, including that big LSU win uh, to, to cap off the season, I think most people would be surprised if Connor Wegman wasn't the guy to go out there and take the field against New Mexico. Um, you know, uh, but as has been the case really the last two seasons for A&M, whether it be for injury or for um, not necessarily great play. They've had to go through some quarterbacks. And so you, you don't wish injury or, or hope injury on, on anyone. And you, you want to see uh, uh, some of the young guys are successful. But um, you, you never know what's going to happen this season. That being said, Conor Wegman is by far the going to be the guy for the future. I'm the, the lead of the story I'm working on that will be on in the paper tomorrow is the fact that you go back to that 2022 signing day. Uh, it really was... December of 2021, right. uh, when, when asked about Connor Wickman, you know, Jimbo Fisher said, he's my guy. Like this, he's been my guy. He's always going to be my guy. And he was my guy. And that was kind of in the uh, ambiguous cloud of well, Quinn Ewers had been available a couple months earlier for transfer, and he ended up going to Texas. Not saying that A and M were ever really involved with that, but he would have been an option. Um, Kublek, the kid,
0: Klubnik, yeah, Klubnik
1: from Westlake uh, West out at Clemson had A and M in his top five. Very I know,
0: state champion.
1: Uh, yeah, I know you read um, a lot about him, and Clemson was always his destination. But there was guys out there that could have or did have A&M interest that Connor Wegman is always going to be compared to because of the fact that A&M chose Connor Wegman uh, because of it. So now it's, it's his time. It's his time to step up and say that and show why he was the right choice for Jimbo Fisher. And then this season, Jimbo Fisher showed that he made the right choice because I think last season – now, granted, it's hard to blame them too much for um, – not going with a true freshman right off the bat right away. Um, But they did go to Haynes King first. And then Max Johnson, before they went to Connor Wigman later in the season, he probably needed some time to uh, marinate and mature into college football. Um, But he made the right decision this go around as it would seem. Uh, And so I'm really excited to see what this offense looks like with Bobby Petrino and Connor Wigman together
0: while you're pulling up your fancy pro football focused stats, you know, Travis, my guy. Connor Connor's Jimbo's guy. You're my guy. Oh, okay, good. There that's what I You would choose me I, over
1: any Clemson beat reporter? Yes. Okay,
0: good. Uh <laughs> That being said, we we know Connor's going to be the guy going forward at least for now. You know, Looking back at what he did last year and, and, and what we've talked about throughout the offseason, now that it is solidified that he is AM's QB1, what are you going to be looking from him on Saturday as they play New Mexico, a team that they they should beat?
1: Yeah, and I can't get my fancy uh, pro football focus stats to come up, so That's I'll talk in gen- generalities from, you know, we did, I did a story on the kind of the quarterback battle for our SEC magazine. I'm glad we at least had, like, three days of shelf life for that before the yeah. starter was actually named. Thanks, Jimbo. Exactly. But if you look at the breakdown of kind of the passing chart last season, almost the, the probably I'd say about 80% of the passes from both Max Johnson and Connor Wegman were with from zero to five yards and from five to 10 yards down the middle channel of the field between the hash marks. It's so pretty much where all the passes were. I'm going to, well, I'm, I'm going to be excited to see what Bobby Petrino's offense looks like in the passing game, and if they're able to um, connect, able to, to utilize more of the zone's uh, of the field that that they just didn't necessarily go to that frequently last year outside the numbers deep, and then to see what connor's arm looks like making some of those throws i I think he demonstrated at times last year he can make the throw to the outside he can make the 20 plus yard throw uh, the deep ball and and it's there. How frequently are they going to do it and how consistent can he be making those passes because I think that's going to be the biggest differentiator between the offense last year and the offense this year. Uh, Everyone talked about him being able to have all the throws, have an arsenal of different kinds of throws. I'm willing and and able and willing and able ready to see it um, and and see how well, how much the, the talk matches up with what he can actually do.
0: You know, our good friend Justin Woodard, he's always wanted to know when, when the big play is going to come. And mm-hmm. part of that equation, you know, obviously is the quarterback. Part of the equation is the play calling. But part of the equation is the receivers. And by all indications, Adam's very confident about where this receiver room is going into the season, which, you know, should give a, a sense of optimism
1: for the Aggies heading into 23. Yeah, and but I, and, and I'm going to completely sidestep your question and say I think the receivers are fine. They're going to be fine at Correct. wide receiver. It's the offensive line that's going to be the biggest question mark, and it's something Correct. we've talked about <laughs> in, in a lot of this, uh, because he's got to have time to get that ball, especially if you want to talk about getting um, – timing routes to the outside or passes past 20 yards. He's got to have time to let the receivers run their routes um, to get the ball down the field and, and, and um, let those guys get open. That falls completely on the offensive line. It, it, it to me, and you can, you were in the press conference yourself. He, he, we we kind of tried to follow up with some questions because we, he was asked about what that offensive line starting five is going to look like. And he was a little wishy-washy on, um, on who who that might the exact guys might be, but mention some name. Whether Chase Besantis is going to be a part of that starting five or if he's as Jimbo Fisher put it in the mix, which means are they going to rotate some guys in? It's New Mexico. It's the first game of the season. You'll you'll probably expect to see some different guys on some different series. But if if it's serious that he's going to be in there, is Layden Robinson fully ready? It doesn't sound. He said there's no real injuries, but he also kind of said that they're still easing easing Layden Robinson in Are you talking there. Talking about Fathery? Excuse me, Reuben Fothery. Reuben Fothery, not Layden Robinson. Thank you, Reuben Fothery, If they're gonna to uh, ease him back, and then Layden Robinson should be good to go and <laughs> yeah. and and be in there. Trey Zune should be another guy who's slotted in there and fine. Foster, uh, uh, Bryce Foster, I almost said. Foster Sawyer, who was an old TCU quarterback, my my brain is somewhere else today. Bryce Foster, the A&M center, um, he missed a little bit of last week um, with some bumps and bruises and whatnot. Is, is he going to be ready to go? Because Jimbo Fisher kind of said he was, but then also said that they're um, you know working him back in, and and uh, Nobu could be an option there. Uh, Remington Strickland could be an option there. I I'm going to be curious how set that starting five for the offensive line is going to be, or if they're still trying some stuff out, trying some combinations out. And, and don't get me wrong. This isn't a 2017. They don't really know if they have anybody. So they're going to do line changes and try to make fit something that works. I do actually sit since that they feel like they have some dudes here on the offensive line. Um, but just what is the right combination, right guys? Uh, uh, um, uh, Demetrius Crown over another guy that he keeps uh, bringing up. Um, Jim, so
0: Jimbo Jimbo has been very high on Demetrius Crown yeah. over the last few weeks. So you one would think that he has been doing well in practice. You know, just reading the tea leaves and from what Jimbo's saying, I, I don't think there's any question that Trey Zune is going to be the left tackle. I think right. that is pretty set in stone. I'm pretty certain Layden Robinson is going to be at one of the two guard positions. Which mm-hmm. one? Not a hundred percent. I think Basantis probably gets the start at right tackle, but there's probably a there's probably a, a decent rotation between him and Crownover and, you know, possibly even Fathery. Now, you know, you're you're right. It's New Mexico. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if he's not 100%, there's no reason to, you know, risk re-aggravating any kind of injury against a team that you are expected to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think I think you know now that the quarterback debate is settled i think a lot of our eyes are going to be on how does the offensive line kind of shake out uh, especially when you have a game where guys are going to get opportunities you know if if a&m can establish a, a second half lead like like teams do in in some of these games you know does does some of these backups get in and and, and get a chance to show what they got not to mention too you know Running back by committee is going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see which one of those guys emerges as as a good as a good pass blocker because, it, with all due respect, last year Anum didn't really have necessarily the best backfield blocking uh, when it when it came to to pass pro at, at the running back position.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, they, they they didn't do a good job there. I think a uh, p- big part of that is gonna, is Ernest Crownover going to come in, uh, Demetrius' his brother, and probably play a decent amount of fullback depending on the package and the set, and he's a guy that can uh, provide some blocking in there and, and helping to do that. Um, the other interesting thing, too, you know, last year we heard a lot. We, we didn't hear a lot about Noah Thomas, but he did come in. But pretty much when he came in, you knew that they were going to be running the ball because he was a pretty decent run back, run blocker uh, on, on the outside and, and could kind of seal some some holes, especially when they ran to the outside. it be interesting to see how much he is still utilized into that in the running game because he also will be a huge part of the passing game this year, whereas it wasn't necessarily the case as much last year. So, um, yeah, the, the run blocking from guys other than the offensive line will be interesting and, and how they're going to utilize... The tight ends, whether they're gonna, I mean, you you gotta think uh, Max Wright is gonna be your blocking tight end as his, as he's been in the past. If they do two tight end sets, is it gonna be Jake Johnson? Is it gonna be the big Swede, uh, Theo Ulstrom? Thor? Um, Thor? Uh, you know they have they have some some options there at, at tight end. So I, I I don't know. I think really what we're trying to get at here is I can't remember a time, especially since Jimbo's been here where it's been a question of, well, who are they going to go with? Because they have some pretty good options at all of these places. The depth is there more so this year than any year that I can remember. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, in the past, it's always their team. There seems to be one position group that you're like, I don't know, man. Like they're going to have to figure something out, but I don't know what they're going to do. And this year it's like, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do because they have the depth. I mean, One of
1: those positions that you kind of could think about that a little bit coming in was linebacker, and they uh, yeah. he addressed that a little bit today. Yeah,
0: and, I mean, you know, Torian York is a guy that we have heard about and actually a guy I got to watch last year when College Station played Temple. Um, and, you know, guy that came on late, was committed to Baylor for a long time, signed with A&M, flipped his commitment just before signing day, and has just – shown up and shown out. I mean, the the reality is it, it wouldn't be surprising to see him trot onto the field with the ones on Saturday afternoon. And, you know, Demani Richardson had high praise for him. Jimbo's had high praise for him. And so, you know, when you, when you think about true freshmen, you know, we talk about Basantis likely starting. Uh, I think Torian York is a guy that is going to get some significant snaps. Now, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see some rotation with him and Chris Russell. And then on the other on the, uh, uh, Another guy to look at, and we've talked about him before, too, which we didn't – there wasn't a month mention of him today in the press conference, but Javon Thomas at cornerback, if you're looking at, you know, what what fra- true freshman might get some significant snaps, those seem to be the three, along with probably Reuben Owens at running back.
1: Here's the thing. When you talk about – what, when we heard from Bobby Petrino uh, a couple weeks ago when we kind of had local media, media day – that stood out to me that when you kind of going back to your question of what am I looking for from Connor Wegman, it's, it's what I'm looking for a little bit for the whole offense. I think in years past, at least the the, the knock, the, the narrative on Jimbo's offense was Jimbo had his offense and he was trying to find quarterbacks that could learn, play, ad- and, and adapt to his offense. Uh, the offense is what was rigid. The quarterback needed to be flexible. I think from what we were hearing from Bobby Petrino, it's the fact that, yeah, he has his own philosophies on offense, but they're going to tailor the offense, they're going to tailor the play calling to the weapons that they have, to the players that they have, where it's the system that's going to be a little bit more malleable to the player, not the player needing to be malleable to the system. And I think that uh, to see how knowing... Some of the strength of these players for Connor Wegman, for the speed that they should have at wide receiver, for the question marks maybe that they have at offensive line. I don't, we haven't got to see it a whole lot. And, and you know, question marks not necessarily in a bad way at running back, but just kind of who the guy is going to be and how they're going to be used. If it's a play, if it's play calling that um, caters to those strengths and questions or if it's a little bit more like it was where it seems like guys are having to um, kind of at some points be uh, square pegs and round holes and and try to adapt to uh, a system, not have the system adapt to them.
0: I want you to know malleable is one of my favorite SAT words and you used it twice. Well, good. But, you know. You learn
1: something new on the podcast every week.
0: Here's the other thing too, Travis, is that I feel like back in the spring – We talked about just the exodus of players that A&M had for the transfer portal and how they were going to replenish those guys and and get their scholarship numbers back up. It's kind of crazy that we're talking about how much depth we think A&M has at these different spots. Not only that, but like quality depth. And, you know, think back to last year, just the uncanny amount of injuries. I mean, I I can't imagine that A&M would have to deal with that amount of guys sidelined again. But, I mean, it just goes to show you always got to be ready.
1: To to that point, I think that uh, this coaching staff, especially in the last few years, has been one who has liked to play injuries close to the vest. We've known some guys have been a little bit banged up during spring, summer, fall. Uh, He he did say today that everyone is pretty much good to go, but we kind of know... Not everyone necessarily might be good to go. So I, I want to pump the brakes a little Fair. bit on uh, not – not just just because I, I think that w- a lot of times necessarily what's said in the press conference doesn't match with what our eyes see when we get to Saturday. So I will be curious – say all that to say I will be curious to see um, – how healthy they are. I don't really think it's going to be anything huge. He, he but said
0: he said no major injuries outside of Donovan Green, at least.
1: Correct, which uh, he's done for the year, and and yeah, that could mean they have no season-ending injuries. Correct. But will everybody be available? Will everybody um, be not on a quote-unquote you know pitch count or whatever play count? Um, against New Mexico, that'll be interesting to to see. Um, but yes, they do have depth. I think that is a, um, a exactly a a um, showing the strength of that 2022 class because they didn't lose a whole lot of those guys via the transfer portal. It was a lot of older guys who um, were kind of twos on the depth chart who wanted to see their get their chance to start, and uh, they. Um, uh they moved on but i think it's a given an opportunity for those really talented freshmen to step up and and show that they can add that depth uh when you look at you know the the Noah Thomases and the I guess Chase Basantis is a true freshman, but right. some of these younger guys who have kind of shown shown their way through that that um, they were they were pretty ready to go from the get go. And and you can look across the country too; it's interesting. And this is probably something we could talk about on the bigger podcast later this week in, in depth. But um, the amount of guys who are are already starting and getting playing time who were you could talk about Eli Stowers at New Mexico State played this week. Uh, a Haines King is uh, named the starter at. Um, Georgia, Georgia Tech, State. Zach Calzada is starting at Incarnate Word. Um, those are just three quarterbacks that have uh, moved on that uh, that have uh, already kind of claimed a starting position and we'll see playing time. That's kind of other than um, going to a place to, to that more aligns with what your academic future needs to be. That's the purpose of the transfer portal, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you you transfer because you're not playing and you want to play mm-hmm. <laughs> for, the, for for a good amount of guys.
1: So this Saturday, it's gonna be hot. Hydrate. I know yes. we t- both tweeted out some uh, some safety tips that the athletic department wants to get out there for the game at six o'clock. I played golf on Friday at one p.m.
0: That was a dumb idea. It was
1: the it was it felt like the innermost circle of hell. Um, <laughs> it was so hot. So yes, and you're going to be on those metal bleachers and it just radiates heat. So drink water, be safe.
0: To be clear, I have been told by A&M's people that you can bring an unopened bottle of water as big as you can bring up to a gallon. So like come prepared. Yeah, you you can do that. Take care of yourself and just just make sure that, you know, you're doing all right, because the last thing. The last thing anybody would want is somebody to have some heat-related issues while they're out there just trying to have fun. Mm-hmm.
1: And the other thing from the press conference too today that I think should be mentioned is a couple questions about what this pre-game
0: yeah. video
1: runout is uh, going to be. I yeah. know, uh, and they wouldn't. They kind of, you know, they wouldn't bring us in on on the secret. They said they have kind of heard it, saw it. Anaya Smith said he, he 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 suggested something about a light show, whatever that means, and and. <laughs> and And I uh, think
0: it's like the LED lights, like you know like or Vanna or Ole Miss. right, do. which they do
1: they don't have those in Kyle field, um, but you know, or you could do the thing, I mean, it's probably too early to do like the thing with the cell phones, I don't know, you know, like the cell I don't know, so he he said he was interested to see if the light show concept gets added in, and Demani Richardson said it's going to be, as the kids say, lit.
0: If Demani says it's lit. You gotta think it's probably gonna be okay. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that are kinda concerned about what the heck is Zaynum gonna do. I mean, power had kinda just become ingrained, but you know, moving away from that for obvious reasons, you know, I I'm curious what they're gonna do. Yeah. So
1: it'll be interesting to see. So I think that's the, the, the gist of the uh, big things to come out of the press conference today. And we'll be probably be back later this week to break some more stuff down.
0: Something to keep an eye on, too. Who's a and going to name the 12th man this week? That's, that's another that's, thing, too. That's something maybe by the time we record the podcast, we'll know. Just like we knew today who A&M's starting quarterback was. So, hey, be sure to check all of the all of our AM football content at the Eagle dot com from Travis and Robert Cessna. And uh, yeah, we will we're we're. we're We're ready. Buckle up.
1: It's it's time. It's football season.
0: It's time. (laughs) All right. We'll see you all later.